behind Subway on Caffeine Avenue in Sheridan and online at iCareOfTheBighorns.com. Jim Markle Sr. doesn't talk about his time in Vietnam, but he's carried it with him ever since. It wasn't until 1980, five years after the end of the Vietnam War, that the condition post-traumatic stress disorder was even identified. One minute we're in combat, next minute we're back home. It was just too much. The Wild Film Festival presents Return, a story that documents a father-son trip to Vietnam to hopefully gain an understanding of events that ultimately shape their relationship. He brought something back from Vietnam. He's carried it with him for 40 plus years now, and I think he's gonna leave it behind. I hope he can. Return, just one of the films at this year's Wild Film Festival, September 28th through October 1st. I also like to see what happened to those units who were left behind. We were supposed to pull a lot of people out of Vietnam, and we just left and abandoned them. See the full lineup and get your tickets at yofilmfest.org. Are you looking for a realtor to assist you in buying your dream home? Or maybe you are looking for a versatile agent to help you navigate through your listing and selling process. This is Katie Losey, and I would love to be that agent for you. I have been part of several real estate transactions, ranging from residential home sales, lots and land, as well as listing and selling farm and ranch properties. Please give me a call today at 307-351-3043 so I can assist you in the next chapter of your real estate journey. Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Magic Melanie here with First Northern Bank, Sheridan Honda, and Power Sports Pro Football Pick'em. Here's what happened in the KROE studio this week. Washington? Is that Denver, James? Um, who cares? No. Uh, <laughs> wow. Denver, this will be the nap game. The nap game? Yeah. Okay. The to- this is the toilet bowl of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, this will be the last, if they lose, this will be the last time I pick Denver all season. This will be it. Should we mark that? Yep. Mark, never, fair. Mark, mark the date. If they lose this week to Washington, I'm never picking them again. Magic. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence with this one as well. I'm going to say Denver right now, but I might switch. I'm going Denver. You know, they didn't play half bad. And it's a they didn't play half good. Is that home? <laughs> so, yeah. That too. Hey, it's Desperado Dave with Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. You can't win if you don't play. This week's prize is a $100 bowling party to Cloud Peak Lanes. Just go to the contest page on SheridanMedia.com and click on the Pro Football Pick'em banner. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Trout Unlimited will be receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning, I am joined by the Utilities Director for the City of Sheridan, 
Mr. Dan Roberts. The mayor's on his way. I don't know what he was caught by, but I know he is on his way here. Uh, I want to say good morning to you, Mr. Roberts, and welcome to the show, sir. Good morning, good morning. It's been a while. It has. So glad, glad to be here. <laughs> I, uh, I got to petition City Hall to send me uh, more directors. You guys are great to talk to. You're fantastic to sit down with. You guys are the ones with the real information. Uh, so let's talk about uh, one of the biggest things on everybody's mind, Main Street. Uh, this construction project, pretty big, pretty important. Um, how would you say that entire project is going and... What exactly is the city's part in it? Um, I think the project is going really well. It started off a little slower, um, and I'm speaking from the utilities perspective, but they've they've really um, progressed very well and uh, and learned the the processes and I think how to navigate um, everything in the in the downtown area. Um, we're doing a lot of work with with the utilities in this project and and there are a lot of good um, benefit that's going to come to the downtown area and the overall utility systems we're we're replacing um, some significant components of our our sewer system and in this project primary primarily the ones that cross the the creek um, so down at Dowell and <clears throat> and Gould that intersection and at Main Street we have several main lines that um, sewer lines even if you can imagine actually cross underneath the creek they're called siphons and and we've been able to upgrade and, and actually eliminate some of those so that we have um, a better functioning system with less with less uh, probability of um, potential future failures etc and the same for some of our water systems you can See now, one of the lines actually goes over the top of the creek versus underneath, um, and we've been able to pre uh, replace some of those key systems that that uh, connect our water system back and forth across through there. Um, and then on up on up Main Street, we're putting parallel water lines in on both sides instead of one in the in the um, in the center or offset from one side to the other, and that's adding a lot of benefit to the infrastructure um, downtown. And one of the one of the benefits too is it gives better access to adjacent uh, properties for um, future connections, if you will. Um, one of the things in the downtown areas that's been limiting for a lot of them is to to even build, um, let's say, vertically, um, add um, upwards on some of their facilities if they wanted to do that, whether it's for um, different types of uses is uh is fire protection and these lines will will provide opportunity to extend what we would call fire lines into those facilities where they can have internal sprinkler systems and etc um, and some of them are doing it along with this project and and some um would have the option to do it afterwards if they didn't do it <clears throat> now when we when this we time yeah when we look at that uh i know the city had a, a big campaign a big push for this really hoping people would pick up some you know hey let's uh let's go ahead and hook up that fire system now how many uh to your memory um actually signed up for this to to get this done that that is one fact that i do not have in my mind so i'd have to um get that from our project manager uh, Nathan Rager has been doing a great job managing that project for us out of the engineering office um, but, but I think quite a few I, I would say um, I recall is probably more than 50% okay. at least that are signing up for it but 
there's a little bit of an investment involved and it's um obviously cheaper to do it now but it's still it's still not uh um not cheap to run a fire line in yeah yeah to, to the system but even if they opted not to at this point and, and in the future things change and an opportunity you know a need for them arises that would uh require a fire line to be extended the the new line will be more accessible just directly um outside of the curb line of in the street versus having to cross all the way over and you could probably access it without uh which without much um disturbance in the in the main street uh primary corridor so so it's not a huge project to to approach the city and say hey i want to go ahead and tie in uh five ten years down the line it, no and and that was one of the objectives that we had when we we kind of looked at this parallel um, water line concept and the other thing is we're not running service lines out into the street to connect to a main or across the street they're actually coming from basically the curb line out and not crosswords so that really um that's just a much wiser way to to design and structure that especially in a a very tight um area in downtown where you don't want to have to ever have to dig it back up in the future so yeah have you guys run into any problems uh along the way here or has this whole operation gone pretty smoothly you haven't come across a line that you didn't know about or anything like that we, um, to my knowledge, we haven't experienced anything that um, in the Main Street corridor that's really was a surprise to us. So um, I think um, the engineers did a really good job up front of, of really identifying what we have and what we're dealing with. And, and so it's it's gone really well in that regard. So and let's just go ahead and walk folks through this. They tear the street up. The city jumps right in, tears out the old utility and then replaces it. Uh, is this literally a one-for-one? One? Uh, we're replacing the same line, same size, or did we increase any lines? Um, so in the sewer, um, in regards to some of the sewer main laterals that we're replacing, um, it's pretty much the same replacing what we had and just, and just upgrading. But on the water side, we're, we're taking what was once one line, um, and I don't recall the exact size of what existed. I want to say maybe it was a 10-inch line, but and we're putting two lines in on each side, so we're basically duplicating the uh, the water infrastructure down Main Street. Um, and uh, and for a lot of the reasons that we just talked about, access in the future, not running service lines across the the paved areas, if you will, and uh, and from a cost perspective, it was slightly more, but um, but from an uh, overall design and functional perspective in the future, um, we felt that was a lot of value added to the, to the project and definitely worth the, the investment. Now, when it comes to the investment that we've made, how long uh, should these new utility lines last? Because I think it was, what, 50 years the last time we really had the opportunity to get under the street? And so is this going to be another 50 years down the line? Or due to advancements in materials and engineering, we've extended that? Uh, I'd say advancement in materials, engineering, and, and how we build things um, is is going to give um, a much longer life than, than 50 years. The current water line pipes in that um, in Main Street are, are um, steel pipes. 
and so they're metal pipes and they're conducive to corrosion and, and corrosion leaks and that's how we see most of our leaks around town are on old metal pipes that that we have, have got corrosion holes in them and a pvc pipe um, generally we don't have a lot of failures on um, because they're resistant to that if we do it's because it was built on a rock and in a very um, unique circumstance generally that doesn't happen and and stresses cause it to break um, so pvc the jury's still out on how long that lasts before it starts to degrade or, or break down but we're already 60 plus year, years into as a society of using pvc pipes so um we haven't experienced that lifespan yet so now we're saying oh it's a hundred year pipe oh okay. and so we're we keep stretching that out until till um, reality shows us how long PVC <laughs> pipe lasts. You know, sometimes in the engineering world, that's the way it's got to be, huh? We, yeah. We're not totally sure just exactly how long this is going to last. We only started using it X amount of years ago. It's been doing great so far. So we're kind of in the middle of a, I guess you could call like a duration test as we go forward. Exactly. Uh, is this stuff easier to replace, though, if you did have a break? Uh, stress, time, whatever causes it. But if you did have a break, is it easier to get in there, chomp a piece of PVC out, and replace that section? Because uh, I don't know exactly how that works. Is it? Do we have to replace, say, like a half a block section at a time? Or can we do that surgical-type replacement on a pipe like that? So um, generally, PVC pipe it is harder to replace. Oh, really? Um, because it has, uh, I'll call it a more drastic or catastrophic failure because PVC pipe, as I mentioned, generally fails. The pipe itself fails under stress, and so it'll crack, and it generally cracks uh, lengthwise a lot of times. And so you don't just get a little hole that was eaten away by, um, um, you know, cathodic protection. Well, um the science behind it but the Rust pipe, pipe or, is eaten yeah. away by corrosive soils um you, we just get a pinhole in a in a water main that's metal or circle and uh and we can go in and usually band those we can um, back down cut a smaller area out and a lot of times we could put bands around them metal bands that would seal that back off um and those will go fairly quickly and easier to replace but a pvc pipe can go um, an entire section, which is 20 feet sometimes, and then, then we're having a much bigger issue. And, and there are scarier leaks when they, when they do occur and explode um, because they kind of blow up, and, and they're a lot more drastic for, oh, wow. because of that reason. Um, but, they, but they do that much less often. Exactly. So <laughs> so this is an absolute improvement. It's just when it is catastrophic, boy, it's catastrophic. Yeah. Um, and PVC pipe, generally, the, the leaks that you might get just from post-construction is on a lot of, we have metal fittings still to connect them. So sometimes we got to protect those cathodically to make sure they don't corrode. And so you generally get it at a valve or a fitting that is still metal. Um, we do have... Uh, PVC fittings now that are coming into the industry and being used, but they can't be used in all cases. And, and so um, they, they are still are conducive to leaks from cathodic protection, but we do a good job of protecting those. We put what's called sacrificial anodes 
in the ground that um, they take uh, all the the heat from the soil, if you will, and uh, they're basically CAD welded to these to these fittings and things. And so we technology experience we've learned how to design the systems and construct them to be um, to last a long time, essentially. <laughs> well, and no system is a hundred percent. Right. Uh, all the way across the board, right? I mean, I, n I don't know if we'll ever get there. It'd be great if we did. Exactly. But something's uh, got a shortfall in everything. And, and the key here in this project we're talking about Main Street is we absolutely don't want something like that happening on Main Street. So um, that's uh, what we, how we designed it, and we want to make it uh, last as long as possible. And... Uh, without failures so hopefully we achieve that now if there is something that we end up having to go back and and do on main street do how closely do we have to work with ydot on that uh, it, once this project is done if we let's say that uh, pipe does fail and we've got to replace this section do they just come back in kind of do the exact same thing that we're doing now um if a pipe fails then then we have, um, by agreement, we we can go in and fix it. Um, so, we can do that ourselves. Yeah, it's kind of like an emergency process. Um, and we, we do that all over if we have uh, leaks that are in state rights, uh, state-owned corridors, if you will. Um, so Coffeen, Brundage, we had a um, situation there last week on Brundage. So we we have to put things back to their standards. They have a standard of, you know, replacement of the um, surfacing and things like that, and we have a standing permit to to do work within within the right of way. When we generally, if it's a planned activity, then we do we get what's called like an M54 permit to to put things in the right of way and and uh, have permission to do that. So we work very closely with them to make sure that. Um, everybody's on the same page but in the case of a leak it's generally considered an emergency and and um, we just get in there and, and take care of it yeah it seemed like a process that we needed to have streamlined <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. uh, when you when you've got water bubbling up through the street we've been joined by mr. mayor of Sheridan Rich uh -huh. Bridger how are you sir I'm all right how are you I'm boy? doing great uh, I've actually got to go to my first commercial and when we come back we will continue with the utilities director and the mayor of Sheridan you're listening to public pulse on 9 3.9 FM Sheridan First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Trout Unlimited will be receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Number two is hiring a school nurse at Henry A. Coffeen Elementary. This position offers free medical and dental insurance and will get school holidays and summers off. Candidates must hold a current Wyoming registered nurse license and work Monday through Friday, 7.45 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. with a starting salary of $27,000 to $33,000 depending on experience. The district is also hiring full-time custodians and part-time cooks helpers. Learn more online at scsd2.com. One night after dinner, my wife asked me if I could clear the table. Well, I had to get a run and start, but by golly, I did it. Speaking of tables, 
Frackleton's is once again taking online reservations. Just go to frackleton's.com, click on the reservations tab, click the number in your party, daytime booth, table, bar area, main room, or back room, and that table is yours when you get here. Frackleton's, fine food and spirits, Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Have you heard about that new voodoo acupuncturist? Where you don't even have to go in to get poked? Well, the same goes for you fixing or tuning up your own 4 before for hunting season or getting firewood. Because you won't do it, and if you do do it, you'll do it wrong. Hand those service center to the rescue. You can either bring it in, or like that voodoo acupuncturist, you don't even have to be there. For a small fee, Handos will come and get it, fix it, and bring it back again, ready to tackle terrain like a boss. Handos Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. Do you happen to remember last winter? The snow, the ice, getting stuck in the driveway? New tires help. Prepare this winter. Stop in Midas Tire and Auto for a no-cost tire evaluation. Midas will help you find the right tire for the right price. And now, during the fall tire event, save $140 on Michelin tires through September. If you're looking for Hankook or Cooper tires, wait till October. Buy three, get one free. Getting and keeping you safely on the road. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane and Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking with the mayor of Sheridan, Mr. Rich Bridger, and the utilities director, Dan Roberts. Now, in case you missed it, we spoke about the Main Street Project on the first half of the show, really detailing what the city's doing and, and how they're updating a lot of the utilities underneath Main Street right now. You can find that show later today on SheridanMedia.com underneath the Public Pulse tab if you missed that. And speaking of projects, uh, we're going to move on to a number of projects that are actually happening around the city. Uh, but first, I want to say good morning, Mr. Mayor. You got caught up a little bit before getting here, but that's all right. You made her. I drove like a bat out of you. <laughs> <So. laughs> that's right. Now, uh, how's, how's things been going down at uh, City Hall? They're good. Yeah, I got a good crew that works for me. So, yeah, when Dan, you've got Dan's the man, he does his. They're just, it's a great, great group. All you really got to do is just sit back and uh, stay out of their way. There you go. Yeah. If you got good directors, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, it's good to have that. And uh, I think that uh, Sheridan is lucky enough to have a good director in just about every single position that we've got and speaking of directors well i've got mr roberts here it's it's uh, been a couple of years since you and i talked so i'm going to yep. take advantage of the fact that i've got you and we're going to dive right in to uh, water main replacement projects that are actually happening in other parts of the city uh we here at the media have really been kind of pushing that main street project that affects a lot of our downtown businesses and so we wanted that at kind of the top of the pile but other things are happening. Can uh, you tell me where some uh, other water line projects are, are happening around the city? Well, we have some areas of town where we've experienced uh, over history probably the largest majority of our of our water main leaks and and they'll be classified as those metal pipes that we talked about earlier and um, and, and they're in areas where we might have more corrosive soils um, than others, and so we get just a higher degree of, of uh, leaks in, the, in those areas. And so the, the North Heights neighborhood is one of them where we've um, had probably the majority of them in, in what I would consider residential areas throughout Sheridan. And, and so we've been planning for quite a long time to, to go in and do a, a complete 
um, a replacement of the of the North Heights um, water line, um, and, and and so that was a, actually a cap tax initiative a number of years ago. So cap tax dollars um, are going towards contributing to do that as well as um, utility funds. We actually obtained a um, drinking water um, SRF loan to help contribute to the cost to pay for that and I believe we got some principal forgiveness which is the equivalent of a of a grant to help um, fund some of that project as well but it's a it's a large project and a, and a considerable project but uh, and definitely well worth it um, so we can uh, um, you know minimize the the impact to the the citizens up there when we're um, regularly every every year and it seems like in the winter time we seem to get most of them um, up there doing uh, replacing uh, replacing or fixing leaks I guess not replacing but fixing leaks so uh, right now they are comp have complete phase one of that project um, and I believe it's called what we call substantially complete so it's fully functional at this point maybe the paving's not back etc but the the water system's fully functional and it's been tested and, and certified. And then phase two, um, both of these projects are being done by LGS, um, who got the, the bid for those phase one and phase two. Phase two is right on its heels and I think it's planned to be complete um, sometime in November, I think is the is what we're looking at for phase two. And then, um, then we'll be bidding for phase three which is kind of the remainder of it um, sometime in October is, is what the goal is. So that'll be work probably, it will kick off um, in the spring. Um, another area of town uh, where we've had probably the largest number of leaks in recent years is a, isn't in a residential area, but it's down on um, Tara Turner Avenue, um, kind of connects from Sheridan Avenue to um, Riverside. Um, so Tara Turner and uh, Riverside itself from Sheridan Avenue to Coffeen and then part of uh, Sheridan Avenue from from Riverside on out to Brundage. So that that area, we've had a tremendous number of leaks over the years, almost to the point on Tara Turner where we really sh can't put patches in anymore really so wow that area has a really corrosive soil so any metal pipe in the ground there has been has been failing and we found in that in that case a lot of our failures have been really right at where service connections have been on the pipe but um our, our crews go out there half a dozen times a year to to fix um corrosion hole in that in that part of the system so it'll be um they can't wait to get that project away <laughs> and get that so. complete. And so out of that whole area, we'll call it south part of Sheridan, that's where the majority of our leaks have been, and just in those those uh, three areas, three streets. So um, They're going to get that pipe out of the ground, and they're going to kick it when it's up there. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, soil types and, and corrosion and, and, the, and um, using the right pipe material in those conditions is definitely definitely the 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 right thing to do so how long is that the last project going to take do you think the uh, Terra turner yeah. riverside that's a project uh, we have bid it so hot iron uh, gave us a really good bid um and i think that project what came in about 1.7 million and we were projecting 
um, well over that for the project. So that was very um, favorable to us, and we we're excited to get that that bid. But they um, uh, are looking not to get started yet this this fall, um, just due to winter going to be on us here shortly, and, and and looking to start it in the spring. I, I believe I don't know the exact timeline, but they'll they should be done by the end of the the summer um, of next year with that project. If you were to really kind of have like a digital overlay of the entire city where we could see these utility water lines, mm. what percentage would you say is still some sort of metal alloy? Oh, geez, we're. Um, I want to say we've done some um, projects to replace some, but I would say we're still at least 60%. Yeah. Yeah. And is this going to be one of those things that over time, just section by section gets replaced? Because Absolutely. it's going to end up breaking down anyway. So yeah. uh, if, if, you know, if we see a section that we can get to while we're here and we have the funds, is that something that uh, we have the ability to just kind of jump on since we're here or due to the process that needs to be involved with city council and everyone voted on funding we just kind of have to wait for that um we do and and the thing about metal pipes as we talked about is is more times than not you can fix them <laughs> yeah so a lot of times that's the best the solution. best solution and but we do we work closely with um, interdepartmentally and so if we have areas that we have a lot of um, uh, leaks happening we'll say and uh, but the public works um, through their planning process are looking to rehab a bunch of streets in a certain area then a lot of times we'll do what's called a neighborhood project and we've addressed a lot of those in in recent years um, in, in doing full-on neighborhood projects where we've done streets and utilities in those areas. So Just we, because we like it to, lines up well. They, they align up really well, yes. Um, but but also for just standalone utility replacements, these are so bad that we, we need to go in regardless of street rehab, um, like this Tara Turner, Riverside, Sheridan Ave is one of those. And we're not really looking to upgrade all the streets in that area but we're we're certainly just replacing the water line and i'm um, glad you said that because that was going to be my next question can that flip sometimes where you work with public works and say i've got to get this pipe replaced the street's not in great shape maybe we can neighborhood project that but streets are so much more expensive aren't they um Yes and no. It depends on, on the degree and, and where it's at and what you want to do. Um, you know, arterials um, and collector streets, they, they have a more um, robust pavement section, so they could be made out of concrete or a much thicker section, so they're a lot more expensive to to rehab than than a residential-type yeah. street. They could be wider as well. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's sometimes a consideration, but but generally uh, we work well together to to really try to get our most bang for the buck for the community when it comes to those types of projects. Um, we have a um, kind of a computerized maintenance management system that we're continuing to develop and, and manage, but we have right now you can go on our um, utilize it and and develop what's called the heat map. So. Every time we replace a leak or have 
um, or, or attend to maintaining a pipe system, um, we actually have that documented into our um, what we call CityWorks um, computerized maintenance management system. So right now we can pull up a map of the of all the pipes in the ground and say where's our most frequent leaks, and it, it pulls up what's at a heat map. So the hotter the area, the more frequent they are. And um, so you can see where we've had leaks over the past, um, I think we've, since we've been using it, we have seven years of data, but we've been importing all of our old records. And, and I think we're getting into the 10 to 15 years of historical data of, of leak records. So we use that information for planning and, and saying, where's our, where's our problem areas? Where are we putting all of our resources? And, and kind of identifying where our next replacements are, need to be. So. And on that, I've got to say, I'm sorry, I've run out of time with you gentlemen this morning. It's an absolute pleasure to speak with you, Mr. Roberts. Anytime you want to stop by, feel free. Thank you so much. And Mr. Thanks. Mayor, it's good to see you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to speak with Dr. Eric Richards and Dr. Greg Yazinski, surgeons of jazz. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Oh, man. Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank & Trust, we understand that where you bank matters, and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transactions. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer. You're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. Fall into wellness with Atlas Chiropractic and the healing touch of Dr. Colin Hardy. As the leaves change, so can your approach to health. Dr. Hardy is dedicated to the transformative power of chiropractic care during this vibrant season of change. Whether you're seeking relief from seasonal discomfort or wish to elevate your overall wellness, Atlas Chiropractic is your haven. Their tailored treatments backed by years of experience ensure that you're not just surviving, you're thriving. Don't let discomfort hold you back. Embrace life's beauty to the fullest. Go to visit Dr. Colin Hardy and welcome the fall season with open arms and a healthy spine. Call 672-6000 for an appointment. 672-6000. Atlas Chiropractic. Nurturing your well-being one adjustment at a time. This is Dan with Captain Clean. If you find water inside your home, don't panic. Captain Clean is always on standby 24-7. Our trained and certified experts and staff will help you start to finish. From identifying the issue, extracting water, detecting moisture deep within your walls, ceilings, and floors, to utilizing state-of-the-art equipment and techniques that ensure your home is completely dry and feels new again. Call Captain Clean today at 672-0726 and don't let unexpected water ruin your day. 
Get ready, September explorers. It's time to embark on cozy journeys through the fall foliage. And where should that journey begin? Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, your premier destination for discovering the perfect vehicle for your early fall adventures. As the leaves change, so does their pre-owned inventory. Vehicles are rolling off the lot as fast as the leaves are falling. September is the month to change your ride. Experience the wearing way of buying vehicles. Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, 107 East Alger, online, Wearing Sheridan. Welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting, and for the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan College Director of Bands and Jazz Studies, Dr. Eric Richards. And by phone, we're joined by Regents Professor Emeritus of Washington State University, Dr. Greg Yazinski. Good morning, Dr. Richards, and good morning, Dr. Yazinski. Good morning. Hello. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you both here. Uh, Dr. Yazinski, welcome to the show. I want to thank you very much for calling in this morning, sir. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm going to start right off with you. What is your field of expertise in the world of music? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm not sure what people would say about that. Uh, I'm a saxophonist and a composer. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time, since I was about 10 years old. And uh, I just love music. I love being part of it. And, um, yeah, so that's it. I'm a band leader. Uh, I was involved in uh, education for uh, a long, long time. And, uh, and I love playing, love composing. I guess that's it. Sir, do you remember, uh, was it something about jazz that really attracted you to music itself? What is it about jazz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was a little kid, and I started taking uh, the saxophone lessons, and there were were two things that happened. First of all, I took lessons from a fantastic uh, um, guy named uh, Al Batuki. He was also my band director at the school, and he played me uh, some jazz records, and I thought, wow, these sound really great and then um the high school that i eventually went to had a a nationally recognized uh jazz band the band was really great and i remember the first time i heard them live i was just in junior high and they came in and gave a guest concert at our school and i just thought i i have to be in that band and then sort of everything went from there and of course i play saxophone and saxophone is such uh you know, I mean, such an important instrument in in jazz. Uh, I think when people think of jazz, it's one of the first instruments that pops into their head. So yeah, I just I just love the way it sounds. I, I've got a brother-in-law who uh, has played saxophone his entire life. He ended up getting on the cruise line. Uh, I guess you could call that a gig. And uh, he's he's managed. It, the best part about it was he he's managed to play saxophone on all seven continents because of that. And uh, that's that's now he's over in England playing with bands. Uh, we're gonna move into another area, uh, the Yaz band. Uh, Doc Richards, what exactly is Yaz? Well, Yaz is the, uh, I guess that's the nickname for our hero and band leader, Dr. Greg Yazinitsky. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and that's, this is, he, I think, Greg should really talk about this, but I'll give you a little thumbnail. I believe he has two versions of the Yaz band. One is a full modern 18-piece jazz orchestra, but we're going to get to hear uh, 
the uh, a little more elegant, intimate version of the Yaz Band, which is about ten pieces. And that, that's a, such a wonderful instrumentation because you can get a lot of the power and impact of a full big band, but yet it's leaner and meaner, so you might make the argument that that allows even more opportunities for uh, improvisation and spontaneous creativity. So in some ways it's a beautiful balance, but really Greg can tell you more about that. And, and Dr. Yuzinski, uh you know, jazz has got so uh, many fantastic aspects about it, but I think one thing that I've always really enjoyed is that improvisation. Uh, would you agree with uh, Dr. Richards on that, where having a smaller band allows uh, for that type of improv improvisation uh, during the band performances? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, it's kind of a mixture between, you know, the the small group, where you have where the emphasis is really... Uh, uh, mainly on improvisation, and then the big band, which has uh, you know uh, more instruments, more power, um, um, and more perhaps uh, composed, worked out sections. Uh, and this was kind of a you know happy medium where it has both of those. So um, I think there is a little more emphasis on improvisation on on a band this size. Um, and I just wanted to see if I could explore this and see if it would be, and see what I could come up with. And, you know, my goal is to get these 10 people to sound like, at times like a whole big band and then yet to have people to be able to improvise the way, uh, in an extended way, the way they would in a, in a small group. Now, sir, how does one improvise when you're part of a band like that? Uh, you know, I would think that we all got to kind of uh, go along with this together, uh, trying to reach this the same goal, of course, which is sounding in har you know harmony together. But if one person or two people at the same time made that decision to to kind of go off on their own, uh, to me that seems like it would be a problem. Well, yeah, it 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 certainly could be. This is, I mean, I've done a lot of these um, presentations on on composing for general audiences um you know where did that come from how do you comp and one of the lines i use is it's a little tricky to compose for people who are making the music up <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah. You know, i mean what, what do you i mean now you have one of the one of the best composers in the world on this uh on this radio show right now um eric richards is just phenomenal his music's played all over the world he's also one of my favorite trombone players uh -oh. so i can tell you when this opportunity came up and it came from eric um i said well i'll come i'll bring the band but you have to play in the band and we have to play some of your music oh that's so, fantastic that's yeah so it's going to be featured on the program so he can speak to this uh undoubtedly more eloquently than i can but <laughs> i don't know the challenge is it's it's a there's a kind of technical aspect to it. And I don't want to get too much into that, but everybody in the band un understands the structure of the music that we're playing. So in other words, we know what the accompaniment is, we know what the melody is, we know what the uh, what the harmony is, and that's all going in our head. And so this is it's like a you know it's like a um, a challenge that right on this can we make up something that fits with all this that's that's the, that's the challenge to it mm -hmm. so that you know we know the melody we know the harmony we know the accompaniment can we make something up that's going to fit with what everybody else is playing and it's kind of a high wire act i think it's one of the reasons that music is exciting to see live i mean you can listen to recordings of this stuff but when you go see the band there's gonna there's like an element of danger 
what's going to happen? Are we gonna, is somebody going to fall off the high wire or not? Yeah. We're going to make it through. So it's, um, I think it's exciting uh, to see jazz musicians alive. And I have, I'm really lucky. I have some of the best musicians in the country in in my band so then it's easy for me to play i can do anything and they'll make me sound good <laughs> uh, dr richards is that one of the big appeals about jazz there's a little danger behind it oh absolutely i mean any uh any pro creative process or any human endeavor that occurs in real time um that, you know there's the possibility of success and the possibility of um failure and there's a really famous jazz album um that if you want to if you want to have an entry point to jazz one of the best places to go is the 1959 kind of blue which prominently features Miles Davis and and the great pianist composer Bill Evans and Bill Evans on the liner notes he kind of talks about this and he talks about a particular kind of visual art in uh, Japanese visual art where you take the brush and you dip it in ink and then you start and you can't stop the line. Wherever it goes, is you can't stop and correct, you can't stop and revise, you have to keep painting with the, with the brush until you run out of ink. And with it, you know, you're, so you're dealing with situations in real time and you're trying to create in real time and you know, things may work and they may not, but that element of, the, of uh, spontaneous creativity is what is this, at the center of this engine. And when it comes to recordings, they're they're great to have. Uh, matter of fact, we were uh, with my in-laws just last night listening to some music, and uh, you know, there's always that uh, production value to your recordings, though. And so, when you go to a concert, it is completely different. I, I do you feel, and and this isn't putting down recordings or anybody who's actually putting out music online or anything like that but jazz is it meant to really be heard and seen live absolutely and this is such a rare opportunity um to have a world-class musician like greg and a band full of world-class musicians coming here to play for us on the kinnison hall stage this is so great for the sheridan community and uh we hope that all of our jazz fans will come out and support this and anybody who may have been curious like what is this whole american jazz um language about this is an you would have to travel to a major metropolitan center to hear a concert of this quality yeah absolutely uh, and since we're talking about the concert let's go ahead and uh, talk about the where and the when well yeah sure um there are a lot of great things associated with this concert the concert itself is saturday september 23rd at 7 p.m at an in our beautiful kinnison hall concert stage at the whitney center for the arts and there's a great educational piece that same saturday uh the 23rd at 10 a.m greg and the band are going to be offering a free clinic on jazz performance and improvisation so people should bring their instruments or if they want to just come and observe and and kind of dip their toe in the jazz pool this is a great free way to learn a little bit more about it and we're really excited to be presenting that um tickets for the concert are uh 30 for adults 20 for seniors and veterans and any student k through 12 gets to hear this fantastic band for ten dollars now one of the options we're really excited about is uh, we is we're uh, creating what we call dinner and a show so for fifty dollars and this is this is limited seating we have very limited um, capability to do this to keep it nice and intimate for fifty dollars you can come and have a wonderful dinner some drinks and the and the best part about this is 
the Yaz Band will be attending the dinner. So you can rub elbows and ask questions and enjoy a wonderful meal and some drinks with these great musicians. The cost for that is $50 per person. And um, so if you ask me, that sounds like a great deal. So we are just hoping to see a lot of folks um, in, in participating in that aspect of this uh, event. Absolutely. Uh, a very rare opportunity to have somebody uh, like Dr. Yazinski come in here and and not just uh, kind of hang out with us, but also a, a clinic. Right. Uh, uh, Dr. Yazinski, I don't have a lot of time left, but could you give me just a taste of, of, of what you're going to be presenting uh, to the folks during that clinic? Oh, in the clinic, uh, first of all, the band is full of people with very significant educational experience. They've all worked with lots of students at all levels. Uh, so they're going to be available to answer questions for anybody. I think we may start by having the band play uh, a tune and then open it up for questions where it can go in any direction. How did you get started in music? Um, what were you thinking about on that tune? How does the bass player work with the drummer? That kind of thing. And then it, uh, we're going to have some volunteers, I think, come up to the stage, play with with uh, with us, and uh, talk to them about different uh strategies for how to improvise that'll be a little more technical a little bit like i was explaining earlier about how to uh keep track of the accompaniment and how to keep track of the melody and how to keep track of where the harmony is going and how you can what notes can you pick that are going to fit and sound good with uh with the folks you're playing with and you know if 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 i did play an instrument i think that would be the important part that i would want to know because uh i've been out to you know uh, bars and and places where they gather and play a little bit of jazz here and there and and oftentimes you'll see someone in the crowd uh you know i've seen people just jump right in especially around here there's a lot of bluegrass mm -hmm. and i've seen yep. folks show up to concerts with you know their own fiddle and, and they're invited to join in right there so i could imagine jazz is very much that vein where it's you know you can play you can you can have fun with us enjoy it and and i've always kind of felt that appeal if it played an instrument that's the crowd i would be looking for i think you know in rock and roll they call it jamming yeah. you know we all just stand around and jam what comes out comes out and and i think jazz has really got that appeal uh dr yuziski i want to thank you so much for coming up here sir i want to thank you for calling into the show and, and speaking with us a little bit i'm really looking forward to this uh performance uh and dr richards it's always a pleasure my friend thank, thank you, you for Floyd. jumping in here we sure uh, appreciate it and thank uh you. you know what i think uh, i think i know what i'm doing uh september 23rd at 7 p.m you've been listening to public Pulse on 9.30 KROE and 103.9 FM Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Trout Unlimited will be receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. 
First Federal Bank and Trust, Insured Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. At Shipton's Big R, we're having a fall sale, which also includes a hunting sales event. Come in this Saturday and enjoy delicious brats, a bag of chips, and a soft drink at all stores, all for 50 cents. Proceeds go to 4-H, and you can register to win some fantastic prizes, including a $700 Kodiak gun safe, Vortex rifle scopes, lacrosse hunting boots, and $250 firearm gift cards. It's a fall sale loaded with savings. $40 off Ruger American rifles in all calibers. 10% off all center fire rifle ammo in stock. 15% off Rocky Mountain game calls. Counter assault bear spray now on sale just $32.99. Check out special prices on rangefinders, rifle scopes, and elk game bags. How about shopping for some things that taste good like black rifle coffee, dots, cinnamon sugar pretzels, caramel and s'mores twin bings, five pound bags of salted peanuts on sale $8.99. It's fall and this is a fall and hunting sale going on right now at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. If you've been thinking about getting a new pickup truck, we have just the vehicle for you. The new Honda Ridgeline is great on and off-road with 280 horsepower, all-wheel drive, and the capability to tow up to 5,000 pounds. Can a Ridgeline tow that talent I've been eyeballing? It sure can. The Ridgeline also has the two-way functioning tailgate, meaning the tailgate can fold down and swing open for easy access to the storage trunk in the bed. Come check it out yourself. Visit Sheridan Honda today. Yar, mate. If you be four years of age or older, you'll be needing to join Pirate Professor Billy Bones for some learning in pirate school. See your dreams. The same none at 6.30 p.m. at the Wyo Theater. Billy will be teaching the finer points of lighthearted mischief and how to stand, talk, sing, and laugh like a boisterous buccaneer. All while promoting good manners, polite behavior, and social courage. Tickets are available now at the Wyo Theater box office or online at wyotheater.com. Ride for a great cause. Old Man G, Buddies RC, and Sheridan Media are coming together Saturday, September 30th for the 11th Annual Poker Run that benefit the Christmas Wish Campaign, helping people in need during the holidays. Ride or drive for only $10 a poker hand. Sign up, start at the no-name at 10 a.m., then enjoy the ride. Ending back at the no-name for the final draw. Kickstands are up at noon. Ride or drive for a great cause. The Christmas Wish Poker Run, Saturday, September 30th. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. 